0: Welcome to the Pop Culture Theologians at Arizona State University at the American Academy of Religion Western Region's Queer View event. Hi, Marie. Hi, John. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: You know, I'm okay. Fabulous. 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 Um, We just want to give a special thanks to the Queer Caucus for hosting this event and to the American Academy of Religion Western Region for providing us this space and able to watch the adventures of Priscilla, queen of the desert. Um, we have to do it because we're millennials. We yeah. uh, make sure you're following us on social media at pop theologians on Facebook and Twitter, not Pinterest yet. I'm still trying to get us on there. It's really hard. Um, you can follow me at J Erickson 85 on Twitter, but Marie, where are you on social media?
1: my religion.com, and on Facebook.
0: And what do you usually tweet about?
1: <laughs> Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so we are live, Marie. So um, we are sitting here today in some room on Arizona State University's campus. I have no idea where we are. There's popcorn all over the floor because we just watched an amazing film. Um, but I just want to introduce our special guest here today, Dr. Marie Cartier. Um, she is not only a featured writer on the engaged gays where this podcast is hosted but she has a phd in religion with an emphasis on women and religion from claremont graduate university she's the author of a pretty good book called baby you're my religion women gay bars and theology before stonewall what what's happening with that book marie
1: i just signed a contract with Rutledge to do a completely revised second edition yeah an opening new chapter on pulse and a closing Chapter on Hersheubar in Virginia that will come out
0: by Rutledge twenty twenty. I can't wait to review it again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So she is a senior lecturer in gender and women's studies and queer studies at Cal State um, University Northridge and in film studies at the University of California Irvine. She's a published poet, playwright, vagina monologuer, right? (laughs) An accomplished performance artist, scholar, and social change activist. She has multiple degrees. Mainly uh, BA in communications from the University of New Hampshire, an MA in English and poetry from Colorado State University, an MFA in theater arts, playwriting, and an MFA in film and TV screenwriting, both from UCLA. There's more. An MFA in visual arts, painting and sculpture from Claremont Graduate University, and a PhD in women's studies in religion from Claremont Graduate University. So just a few degrees. Seven. Seven seven listen to that kids <laughs> um and then mainly she's the co-chair of the lesbian feminisms and religion session well past co-chair um at the american academy of religion and co-chair here with me on our side gigs for the queer studies and religion session she's the founder of this session that we're doing here for the yes. queer caucus a perma blogger on multiple sites feminism religion and she can also kick your ass because she's a first degree black belt in karate Welcome, Marie. I'm exhausted L- literally reading your bio and we haven't even gotten to the show. All right. So Marie, we're going to break down The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, which is a film that was came out in 1994. So I was in fourth grade and I think I rented it from the library when I was like in sixth grade. So I saw it really early on. Um, but uh, we're going to um, talk about some things that worked for us Mm -hmm. and then we're going to talk about some things that didn't work for us and then we have some people actually here in the audience that's amazing Mm -hmm. we love you all it's weird not acknowledging you in some weird way and staring at you i'm staring at you now hi Mm Anjanette. and we're gonna go through that way sound good Mm -hmm. Uh, let's break it down all right marie so what is one thing that really worked for you in this film well a
1: lot of things really worked for me you know when you think about it 1994 that's the height of the AIDS crisis. So, a lot of things that today for us would look historical um, are actually very poignant and also that fabulousness that gay culture had, particularly then as an escape. So, when they are going through the outback in this bus that these homophobes paint with like AIDS sparkers go home and then they go get the paint and re- resurrect it to be this pink like magic bus with the drag queens on top of it singing with these like you know 50 feet of fabric flying behind them I mean I was a member of ACT UP AIDS Coalition to Unleash Power and actually they just did a press founding members just did a presentation in my queer history class this week and um, you know one of the things that I loved about Act Up L.A. was the theatrical fabulousness of what we did. Yeah. And to take something, you know, Reagan didn't mention the word AIDS for 10 years and people were dying and...
0: They talk about know. Rock Hudson in the film. Right. They mentioned Rock Hudson, who yeah. was a very known, well-known friend of Nancy Reagan, mm-hmm. and they refused to even and so help I him. I
1: think at that point, like when I think about you being in sixth grade, and I was... Yeah. Um, not in sixth grade. You were <laughs> in eighth grade. You were in eighth no, grade. No, right, no, I'm, I'm happy my age.
2: <laughs>
1: I was, you know, I was, in, I was walking around with a shirt that said uh, silence equals death. You know, I was, I was laying in front of traffic and you know, walking through Beverly Center. We're here, we're queer, we're not going shopping. So for me, this whole um, way that the bus creates an oasis in the middle of a homophobic landscape is really important,
0: yeah. I think that goes along with one of the, my things that really worked for me is like um, this the desert as the backdrop because you're kind of it's you know dry, it's dead, but there's so much overt fabulousness that they bring to it, they bring this life to it. But I think the symbol of the road trip, the symbol of the journey, maybe more so.
1: I start, I mean, I took a, a lot of notes, but I'm just looking at before we got together the things that I said work. I mean, I love Drag Queens in the Australian Outback. It's so much the culture of gay people that you are wherever you are, but you have to create an island of security and safety and fabulousness in order to exist as a culture. So, I mean, my book, as you know, is on the gay bars and alternate church space and the gay bar creating an oasis, a place where people could become something. There's mm-hmm. a great line in um, the 2006 documentary, Small Town Gay Bar, where there's two gay men in front of the bar and the gay bars in the south keep being burned down mm-hmm. and then rising up again and burned down and rising up again. And one gay man says to his partner, he goes, out here, he's Eric or whatever his name is, but in there he's miss Judy. And we will travel however far we have to, in order to make that happen. And they had just traveled in this movie. They've traveled like a couple hours just to go to the spot for one night. Yeah. And I think that's part of what you see in this movie. Like, They've gone deep into the heart of their country and found themselves in a really different way. You know, And it's part of that, the costumes, the desert and the friendships and coping with each other. I mean, the mix in this movie of pathos and truth, like where they say they have these lines um, of, you know, I didn't know we were going to like get into this right now this hurt this hurt this sadness or and then they're well don't let it get you down we're going to keep going and it really reminds me of the importance especially at this time of camp and susan sontag's like that seminal essay about the importance of camp and that if you don't have a way to survive in the face of the homophobia that was being slung at you in the way that drag queens survive um when when Bernadette says to Felicia like don't there's two things you can do after you've been gay bashed. like you can either let them get you down or can use it as force to toughen you up yeah and I think that that are those are the things that really really work for me because I think that even though it's drag queens in the Australian Outback it's like well it's such a metaphor for how well the people were living at that time all across the country well it's
0: like the desert you know represents a very it's you know they, they they allude to it and how people can die in the desert and how people are, you know, it's lifeless. There's life there, we see it, but it's very dry. And as you see how they just streak through the desert with their overt fabulousness or their color and their costumes and the pink bus, I think they change the landscape around them, but the landscape itself becomes much about them as well and how they transcend the mountain at the end.
1: Well, and do we get to own geography as gay people? Do we own geography? I mean, that's something, um, you know, in Brokeback Mountain, an, a film that I have shown as here, as because we were in the desert another time, and it was a desert film about gay people. Um, you know, I remember doing a QA and a and having somebody say, well, why couldn't they just move to San Francisco? <laughs> because they're cowboys. You can't, yeah. you know, and so for them, home is... And that's a question. Do you get to be a gay cowboy? Do you get to be a gay cowboy in Wyoming? Or, you know, Do you get that? I mean, no, they didn't get to be that You know, in Brokeback Mountain. And I think that that's very, it's only really recently that the culture has begun to open up to say, you can be more than gay. You can be gay in a cowboy. You can be gay in a suburb, suburbia in the great line here. I don't know if suburbia, is here to keep them out or us in and you know yeah for so long the only place you could exist would be the city so if you have an identity a farm guy you know a small town girl a cowboy i mean whatever that was you actually couldn't do that identity in any kind of safe way and be gay
0: let's talk about community for a second because i see and specifically with bernadette um she she juxtaposes to uh, Adam, you know, with how Adam is overtly gay, queer, you know, out there where she's very much the, uh, you know, the the elder stateswoman and how I think that she is the matriarch of that group that brings these two characters who are very different into some type of community and how that community itself forms and it saves all of them. I mean, she thinks you know, Trumpet had just died in the film and she goes on this journey to find herself and look at who she finds. You know, she finds Bob and then she finds a whole new purpose and meaning. And then you have, you know, Anthony finding his son again. And then I think you have Adam being more comfortable with just being Adam, right? Because you see the ways in which he's overtly fabulous as I think a self-defense mechanism sometimes. But when it comes down to, I think, the vulnerabilities that he feels. We don't know what happened in his past, but I feel like the, it's almost there. The yes. She has, well, she had an experience
1: with kind of homophobia. That was, I think, her first experience with that type of gay hating. She had kind of a... That was sort
0: of a, that was like, Yeah, and well, she was upper class as yeah, well. And I think
1: that really makes yeah. Um But today, you know, I think this film is also... Great example of forcing us, if we want to enjoy this film, to go into the history of that period. And we make a lot of mistakes sometimes in queer scholarship of wanting things to be ahistorical. I mean, in order to like this film, you have to be okay that one of the credits says Tranny trainer. Yeah. That's like today. I mean, today we wouldn't look at Bernadette in any way the way she wouldn't even be in this community necessarily. She's I mean, she still could be a drag queen, but she's a trans woman. So it's yeah. a completely different way that we would look at her today than we would then. And to understand, like, that that history has changed so much just even in 20 years. It doesn't invalidate the film. In fact, I remember when this film came out and thinking that it was, like, so amazing. I, I As you mentioned, I've taught screenwriting, and one of the reasons I love this film, to bring it into just a regular Hollywood film class, is that it has it's a traditional three-act structure with untraditional content and i always tell people three-act structure works you can put drag queens in the australian Mm -hmm. outback and i've said that for years
0: (laughs) also the stereotypical aspect of cynthia bob's wife i mean there's a very big tokenization of asian american culture in the outback i mean i almost feel like how did she get there how did she marry this guy like i don't know like it seems it's a little shady but i mean in a uh today would you be able to have i mean i know we have overtly you know i don't want to call it no. racist but would you be able to do that today no,
1: no. I, I mean unless it was a massive parody but no right I mean, there's things that were semi-acceptable and that we couldn't accept today I yeah. mean, for good reasons but i think this film i mean for me the big thing that works in this Is that it's in the middle of a crisis where, when this film came out into the culture, it came out in people were desperate for it because it was such a "we will survive" film, and all of us were going to bars and singing these songs, and you know,
0: seeing our friends die around us.
1: Yes, but that yes, and still going out and and living. I mean, and this is such. I love that moment when she she's. Asleep with her her cake in the rain i'm like oh my for years i thought where did that song come from it didn't come from this movie it's Such a great reference anyone who went to a bar for like 30 years yeah. ended any night with that song someone left the cake out
2: in the
0: rain um before we go on to being a little bit shady about the film because this is a queer event so we have to shade. be shade. we have to throw shade um who's your favorite character or or do you have multiple
1: in this film? yeah. Um, well, I love the lesbian wife. We don't spend too much time yeah. with her. Do you have
0: something to say about that? About how uh, women? Like We're going like to get like to there. That but.
1: that she's not seen as this, like, ultra-nurturing like Like that it's okay that she wants the same things as the gay. Like they have this kid
0: and they both want some time alone. Yeah. I really like that. Hey, it's your turn now.
1: Yeah. I mean, I like <laughs> that she doesn't have to be any more nurturing. Than you yeah. know what I mean? I yeah. like that. Um, I, I think I, um, I really like, uh, what was name? Mitzi, Mitzi's my favorite, Let's see. I, because I just love her makeup, and she just reminds me of one of my favorite drag queens today, Acid Betty.
0: Acid Betty. Um, Acid Betty. Yeah, I love Acid We'll give Betty. a shout out to Acid Betty. Yeah, we'll I tweet love her from
1: New York, and, um, I just think that whole, she's the most performative. I mean, I love Bernadette's deadpan, like I can't believe I've performed like mean, That's just like insane. And I think Felicia is a beautiful queen. I mean, really a beautiful queen. If, I can, it's like, I've watched every single episode of RuPaul since the very beginning um, of time or yeah. whatever. And so I was already thinking the way I would think about them.
0: Can we talk about real quick before we start throwing shade about how these are three very well-known actors in 1994 playing a role that would, you know, almost blacklist them in Hollywood. And here you have Hugo Weaving leading multi-billion dollar. He wasn't in there yet. He's still there. Yeah. But, you know, like you, but you have these actors. I mean, like Terrence Stamp has been in tons of stuff. And Guy Pearce, who, by the way, is just I mean, a beautiful specimen to look at throughout the film. Um, But you have three very well-known actors, and, you know, this is on their credit. Like, as a person who lived through this time to be in a gay movie like that, or gay cinema, I mean, what's your commentary?
1: I think that, you know, the film industry has always been full of gay people. Yeah. And the film industry at that time in major cities was losing so many people. Mm-hmm. that not to have something that dealt with AIDS in the way that this did, that dealt with like, this is happening to us, AIDS fuckers go home and I'm going to spray pink, bus pink, and keep driving. Yeah, I mean, I think that that was part of, I don't think anybody in entertainment um, I mean, it's a, it's a it's a really, really hard thing for me to talk about that time. Yeah. It was a really hard time for me. It, yeah. If you lived through the 90s and you were in gay community, you fucking remember it. Yeah. And I think that to be a famous actor, to be involved in a film like this, if you were in community and you were aware it was happening, somebody had died on you. It just it just had to happen. Yeah. I mean, if they were here, we could ask them, you know, who died? Your costume designer, your hairdresser, your, you know, whoever. Yeah. Somebody died on you. So that's how I would look at that. Mm-hmm. Was it a risk for them or was it something that they were like, people are dying around me. Yeah. You, do I... Do I get in a film where, and I think the AIDS narrative in this is um, downplayed, but I think it's very important.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, on that note, <laughs> not solemn at all. Um, I, I think it's, let's, let's be a little shady now. So what okay. did you fucking hate about the film? I'm not hate, but what didn't you like?
1: Okay. There's the, I'll just read. First well,
0: first yeah. First read first. off.
1: Well, it's fiction. Are there drag queens in the Estrella and Outback?
0: This would be a great reality show.
1: though. Unfortunately not. I mean, I think the idea that we want to imagine coalition building um, with the indigenous people in the outback and that they would be like, hey, you're an outcast, I'm an outcast, we can sing around the campfire. I mean, I love that idea. Is that really what's going to happen if drag queens show up in the Australian outback? I don't know. you know today we look at that and we go wait those costume changes you could never do balance in one song
0: they do a lot of costume songs so that one song it's like that one act
1: and you know could you have desert or dry things i mean i think for me one of the big problems in this movie but this is a problem with gay culture in the 90s is where are the women yeah I mean, you have a one woman. Who shows up for like and says, "Look, I can't. I just, you know." And she's cool. She's there, but like, and the treatment of the women in the film is really poor. Yeah. You know. What
0: can I ask you something real quick? So, what do you think about the scene where Bernadette drinks with the woman uh, that's obviously in that small town? I mean, I read her as a as a lesbian, but unable to be there. You know, she's very butch. Like, how do you read that scene? Like, because they.
1: I think that she's. I don't like that scene. And I also don't like the treatment of a masculine woman as being somebody who, you know, she's, she's the one that's pushed in front of to take the male role of like saying you, you know, yeah. you can't drink here. And then she's upstaged because she's told that she can never get laid. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's rude. And then they're all like, I'm um, laughing at her. And then her All white men laughing at her. Like her only recourse is to drink somebody under the table. Yeah, which she loses
0: at. You know, and it's like, and she even loses to a person in the film that reads. I mean, although they are what we would consider trans now, they read very masculine. But like, obviously because of who's playing it. But even in that thing that she's supposed to be good at, she still loses. Right,
1: and we don't ever get to see if which woman would be good at what she would be. Which fucking brains up Yeah. The orgasm over That's not happening in this movie. We That's
0: a good it. film though.
1: <laughs>
0: Feminist point.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is not bound. You know. I mean, yeah. I mean, so we don't get to see women. We don't get to see women in gay community. We get to see women as the backdrops to straight men, to gay men, to um, even a lesbian. We don't even see her in relationships. We know she's a lesbian, but her girlfriend's broken up with her. And in fact, we hear Benji saying, are you going to have a boyfriend? Like, that would be great parenthetical. My mom doesn't have a girlfriend anymore, you know? So you don't get to see them in anything. And the other... Should I go on? Yeah, please. The other thing is, I, I don't know where the actual gay community is. So we see... Then in a lot of situations where people are, um, you know, applauding, but then kind of, okay, I sort of like it. And when they go home, which I want them to go home to a gay bar, but the place where they go home to at the end is very inconsistent with the place-
0: Started started from.
1: Because the end is supposed to- Yeah, I'm like,
0: where was this bar?
1: (laughs) No, but but in the beginning, she gets hit with a beer can. That's horrible. And then that's, is, is that the same club that they're back at because
0: i i think it is. it is the
1: audience has miraculously morphed into being this accepting like
0: um and a lot more of them like there was like and it was it, yeah it was much more gay too in that club like in the first scene it it feels like it's very voyeuristic maybe they maybe they had like a five-star review at the like so coca-cabana wanted, times i, want
1: there to, be, I want there to be more i always um, take issue with when we see somebody and they're so alone. Like there's one woman I remember in Ghosts being so upset that there was no woman. Like your husband dies, every you know, and the only <laughs> the only person you can call is your husband's workmate. Like you don't have a sister or a best friend. Like
0: the guy, the the creepy guy yeah, in Ghost? There's I, no, like, yeah I
1: mean, it's like one woman with no friends you know or one,
0: and you're demi Moore. i one mean person come on
1: and one person of color, and the only people they have, the only person is another is a white person there's like one gay person and one lesbian and the only person she can be friends with is like a white male. i mean
0: but let's talk about that though because there, it, this this movie is very white
1: Well, it's but it it shows indigenous
0: people as a. But I still feel that they read as othered in the film, though. Like, and so so. the diversity, although I, I see what they're trying to do. That type of, I guess you know, aspect wasn't very present right now or cognizant. And the film that that was a big problem for me. It was I had a lot of the same stuff you did, but the depictions of women there are barely. I mean, there are no women, but like one um in the film really his wife his you know wife
1: so those are problematic but the biggest um problem for me is that and this is um again trying to critique a film from this today from 2019 that was made in 1994 you know it's like i i don't want to put on it something that it actually could not have done that you mm-hmm. know but i think the idea that is fiction and escape the only thing we can offer non-urban non-rural lgbtq plus communities like one of the biggest challenges for me i teach los angeles lgbt history is reminding people of this idea that not everybody is yeah. an urban community and i think this film actually talks about that and i think that line is very revelatory is the suburbia there to keep us out or to keep to keep them out or to keep us in, and when we look at this and we go, wow, could that have ever really happened? Like, like, could we? Could this? Could we walk out of here and go hang out in some random bar? Well, we're
0: something? going to when this thing is done.
1: So. <laughs> well, in Tempe, but could we go and could we be? You know, I think that idea of like a rural community is completely
0: different than an urban. Gay I mean, community. just and to people don't. We're not in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, when Marie and I went there, but we were searching for in my hometown, the one gay bar, and people are like, How do you find it? There's like a little rainbow in the window or something like that. Yeah. But then we're like, is this a gay bar? What did he what did that bartender say to you? They're like, remember you're like, isn't this a gay bar? And they are like, yeah, Sometimes. sometimes. <laughs> but that's how hard you have to find it. You think about these spaces or these, you know, these places. I mean, I grew up in a very, I mean, so did you, I mean, where you're from, but you know, rural, like where you have to, I remember having to drive two hours to Madison, Wisconsin, to find gay I community. driving two hours to this bar called um,
1: Andrew's Inn and it had red cloth wallpaper and it was in the middle of Vermont. And I remember rubbing my hand on the wallpaper thinking, this is the very definition of fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> and then had a dance floor with lights, and I wore plastic. I wore shoes with plastic soles, so the lights would come up through
0: the heels. It so felt it, there's a there's a, there's a certain safe space though about like being able to like kiss a boy you like on a dance floor Absolutely. because you actually get to feel like in some way That's normal right. because you I don't get to do that anywhere world. else or, or whoever yeah. you're choosing. And
1: of yeah. And that if you've never felt unsafe holding the hand of the person you love in public, you don't understand what a gay bar is. Yeah, I mean, it's so important. So that really works in this film. And the safety, we never actually, actually see that, that community. We never see the gay community. I mean, did these drag queens perform in a gay bar?
0: I think, I mean.
1: I don't know. I don't know that that was.
0: They were doing some type of Vegas show at that but other said, place.
1: I never really got a sense that they were in an accepting community. I got a sense that a community was, wow, wait, I didn't expect that. And they some people were won over. But I never got a sense that they were in the community that's like, hey, girl, you're
0: fabulous, you know? Um, it's a very different shift now when the drag queen walks into like Hamburger Mary's. That's, you know.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I didn't... I would have liked this film to show us the community that these people actually got strength from yeah because it's not just from each other yeah
0: um anything else you want to add
1: um just that the the thing that i really love about it is showing how uh people survived during the AIDS crisis. seems very much like an act up thing where you would paint a bus and
0: yeah Okay, so why don't we open it up to some people here in the okay. room. Um, so okay, in Tempe, Arizona. Does anyone um Jeanette, or does anyone have any what uh, we would love to hear what you had to say about the film or what do you thought about it and based off of our discussion does anyone want to open it up? Any of you actually. Anybody I mean, I think anjanette should do it. Okay. anjanette what do you think? We're going to we'll repeat the question that yeah. you said or your statement.
1: Um, so what reminded me, this film reminded me was the legacy of this time period of drag movies. So Priscilla, uh, Queen of the Desert, reminded me of Chuang Fu. Yes. Um, and that led to, like, how Australia and then how the United States dealt with aspects of performativity, um, and drag and masculinity and femininity. And at how the three performers in Priscilla are known for, for portraying very, very masculine characters in their herders, all three of them. But also, they've done these um, lips of very interesting, liminal, pushing the boundaries. But for the most part, you know, Hugo Weaving in, in the Matrix and Guy Pearson Memento and Karen Stampin. Half of his movies, yeah. and then with Tu long Fu*, you have Wesley Snipes, you have um, Patrick Swayze, you have John Leguizamo, and at the time, John Leguizamo was very much a straight Hispanic man, I and mean, did not do any of the queer liberal space. And so, it makes me wonder, like, why didn't you ask someone that was already in this space um, or reach out? And why did we have to have someone that was so very visibly masculine in their career to don this role? Yeah. Um, Or is that what needed to carry it? Is that what needed to make it
2: accessible?
1: Well, it's so, I mean, teaching filmmaking, it's so hard to know what actually happened. Right. I mean, that could have very well, I don't know what the process of casting this was, but there's a lot of surprises when you actually, I think those are really good questions. We could look at the history of that and find out that what you're asking actually happened. I have no idea. Right. You know what I mean?
0: It's kind of like what we see today just with the Oscars last week. Wait, was that last week? Or yeah,
1: which. like Scarlett Johansson and, and her constant choices of taking roles okay, yeah. from ethnic actors. Yeah. Or the fact of the, the plight of the trans actor. Um,
0: That's why Pose is such a great show.
1: Right or sensate in, in and yeah. actually having um, queer people writing about queer people being performed by queer people. Yeah. I, well, yeah, but that assuming that this would have that that would have been happening in nineteen ninety four is not right. And that's I mean, placing positionality yeah, and, and making space this of film two thousand
2: nineteen
0: completely yeah. different. Yeah, I think one thing that we always have to be careful, what we have to be. I think more forceful with now is making sure that depictions of LGBTQIAA plus exclamation point culture, um, is that we make sure those roles are represented by the people that live those experiences. That's why I mentioned why I love pose. I love, you know, I just RuPaul alone as a cultural shift in how I think it's changed this overt tone with what performativity or just femininity drag and everything are are so important but it, then we also have to hold the the actors and actresses accountable for like the films that they get cast in that they may not be from those walks of life i hated bohemian rhapsody that film because they straight washed the shit out of that film like I, love that film. I know marie does and we can disagree but when he kisses whatever that man's name oh from downton abbey yeah, alan leach, alan leach um, it looked painful for him, and as if Rami, and it, I don't know, I had a lot of problems with that film. Marie didn't, but I did. I, love that. I, love that. I sang along the whole time, mm-hmm.
1: anyway. Are we yeah. going
0: into that? Film? No, we're not going to go okay. into That's another podcast, why don't let the yeah. What else? about this
1: film, Yep, which we just saw. other comments? Yeah, Yeah. Um, I think one thing I find interesting is it's kind of playing on this trope of the road trip, which is very much an American um, journey in good ways and bad ways. You know, we've seen it play out all different ways. So it's kind of taking this mainstream trope that we have and then kind of flipping it around. So it's a story the road trip to discover who you are is mm-hmm. a common theme you know, in Western film.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great that's a great point, and I see that.
1: The only cowboy, like the, the urban cowboy, we just see at the very end. Yeah, right, when he comes out. As a, yeah. comes out as an urban cowboy at the very end.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I there's something about the road trip that. I love those types of films and I think that this that is one of my favorite parts about this film because they're going into like the vast unknown this desert right I mean they leave the urban city landscape that whole area and then they're like they stop at the outback and they're like oh here it is yes we are at we are a religion conference
1: that road, they just stop. Oh, God. Right, <laughs> just and you get tempted, road. and you get pushed, and you come back anointed. Yeah, right. you come back chosen.
0: Well, that explains the end scene.
1: About even to today, it's just the,
2: I would say the abuse and the, the challenges of religion, yeah, with the LGBTQ community, where the scene was bringing them to. To off cross and someone it. and I think that part of the same relationship of religion or faith within the it came out at them. But if you weren't looking for it, I mean, I think people can identify with it and say, Yeah, I felt it I'm moving on. But I think it, it, it was a good point that they could that. Yeah, they
1: had, you know, in some ways they had a lot of little, not that was a little, that was actually a big moment for me, you know, when. When after um, Felicia gets
2: beat up and brings it don't let it get you down.
1: You saw that
2: way through the whole film, you
1: know, like that. Like okay, here's the Christ and the cross. Is like don't let it, don't let it get you down, let it toughen you up. You know, and yeah. that constant way that Brad queens had during that period to be the reminders of that.
0: Yeah. I mean, when I... Oh, sorry. I just wanted to hit that, but, you know, it's like when you've been hate-crimed. Yeah. You know, it's very... I mean, that happened to me, and when I, you know, it was very much like, okay, like, time to buck up, you know, because you got to get through it, and that's the only way you can get through it. It's, that's very powerful.
1: Yeah. Yeah. um So, in terms of the, the women in the film, you know, there's, like, three women, and the one woman who gets, if not the most
2: at least equal screen time, mm-hmm. you know, is the Asian mm-hmm. character, which I just find absolutely egregious. Um, and I would just like to hear you comment on it. I mean, if I was in a room with my Asian friends, I would just be appalled. you know, so. Um, I was
1: so let's... glad that she found her power, because at first I thought she was like a male
0: order Yes, and I thought she, she was a traffic, traffic, traffic victim. victim, yeah. I hated him, and then I saw that he actually really
1: feelings for her and i was so glad that um the redeeming scene for me is when she leaves yeah like she packs up everything and she leaves
0: Um, also the or like the ways in which the overt sexualness of like asian women that you know this type of thing that white men are able to just take and use
1: some agency and that you see that she's created a lot of i i mean if a friend of mine a friend of mine that I know who's a sex worker, if she was here, I would be interested, what, what, would, she, what would she think of this? Did she think this woman had agency or not, you know? Um, she has, she seems to, like, the only, she seems almost demented at one point. Like, she's been so strangled with her creativity that, like, the, yeah, suppressed. And so she's so ready to, like, have her life, and if that's shooting ping pong balls of her, then she, <laughs> she wants to do, you know? Um, that was, for me the moment was when she said and i you know she gets in the car and she said i don't like you <laughs> you
0: have a small wee wee
1: i don't like you and it's like um so that was the moment of her agency being with me. i
0: she put a lot of stuff in that car
1: through the chains. right yes. her back out. yeah so, i would have liked to have seen like like no um Woman that they met on the road was allowed to join their bus. Yeah. You know, like Bob joined, other, it feels like the sun joined The sun joins, but no women were, no women that they met were allowed to join. And I think um, if anybody would have wanted to join, it would have been her. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you
1: know? That I would have, have been a fun show. But there's like a historical of South Asia.
0: Exactly.
1: Not, that's yeah. Yeah, this is a 1990 they're Australia is issuing laws to do quota systems, um, and they're not allowing Asian men in the population, they're allowing Asian women, um, trying to lead out and have them marry into the indigenous population, yep. the aboriginals. Um, and, and this is a, a very, very popular um, Australian tactic um, by the government to import Southeast Asian women into the country Mm -hmm. and so that was a direct slap to this australian government so that's a great point and that's what i mean about like i didn't know that you know and maybe some people don't know what the aids crisis was like outside of this movie you know you never you didn't see anybody in this movie dying from aids yeah and but that's what was happening and so but it's there you know so it's like at the time when somebody is watching a movie they might bring their contemporary landscape to it, like this, what you're talking about in terms of importing Asian women, or what I'm talking about, gay men dying from Like You no. might assume that people are bringing that to it. And then we watch the movie 20, 20, Five years, years ago. later, and it's like, we have to be reminded that people were bringing that to the movie. And so I think that's really difficult in a film to put everything that's happening in the current time into the movie so that you're making it for the people who are watching that in the moment, and you're making it so that people 25 years from now would mm-hmm. would remember, reattach themselves to the story at that time. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, Marie, I think that's a wonderful... I think,
1: might, I think n- some other people... Did you all want to, anybody else want to...
2: Nope. Right? <laughs> yeah. Do you want to say
1: <laughs> something else before we... I mean, without reading your... I
2: mean, I, I was viewing it through like a post-colonial lens. Mm-hmm. So taking the the, the Western trope, like as a frame to tell stories, and and subverting it, recasting it, so that um, like these long sweeping takes of of the, the trans women out in that iconic landscape with their fabulous um, you know regalia on, I thought was very like, cinematically subverting this sort of um, like indigeneity is what belongs in nature, <laughs> and the Western trope is telling the story that. It's, it's the West, it's Western civilization, the cowboys who have to conquer and tame that landscape. And here, it's like the gays are taking over the like. Well, we are. Belonging there. So I thought, I thought all of the, the shock, I mean, a lot of this was just visual, but the shot mm-hmm. of them belonging there and finding themselves there through this journey metaphor um, was really great. And then the survival metaphor about AIDS, that's also what um, like the stagecoach metaphor in Westerns is about, right? It's like Western civil society, especially white women, besieged on all sides by savages and by this like unforgiving nature. And this recast that with the pink bus, the, day, the reclaiming of the stagecoach as this oasis, like you're saying, this traveling oasis. Um, it it recasts the whole Western in a really clever way.
1: Yeah. You know, one thing that um, that you were reminding me post is that right this Week this week or, or last week, drag queens protested the wall that Trump is building on the Mexico side, and they did a performance to raise money for um the people who are being deported and waiting. So, like when we say, would this really happen? You know that fabulous community that's watching the campfire and is this, um, this indigenous community and these drag queens like would that would that like kind of community. I mean, sometimes the purpose of um, science fiction and fantasy, I definitely put this in some kind of like fantasy realm, is to ideally prefigure a future that we may we may move into. And that's what this, there is ways that, that we have moved into this, the future. There is ways that Priscilla Queen of the Desert, that bus did drive into a possible future. I mean, we would not have imagined in 1994 any happening now but that there would be being a wall built that was keeping um that people were being deported etc and that there would be drag queens doing a performance to raise money i mean that's so that community that i think is fantastic in the way that it couldn't happen and this movie actually is happening in some ways right now
0: yeah marie that's the perfect spot to end it (laughs) Well, I want to say thank you, Marie, for coming on the show. And thank you, everyone in the audience, for coming and sticking with us at Tempe, Arizona, even though the elevator didn't work and you had to climb three flights of steps or four and then come back down one and then eat popcorn and cookies. Yes. Well, don't forget to follow Marie. She tweets about her hatred of Bernie, so that's why I retweet everything she says. Sorry if you're Bernie supporters. It's fine, whatever. Um, Sorry, not sorry. But um, make sure you're following us on social media and be fabulous, right, Marie? Yeah, definitely be fabulous what you can do during the siege. All right, that's it.